Welcome to the Bite Sound Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Loyal. Now, for the last couple of weeks, we have had guests. We had Colette Bouchot. We can pronounce her name now, <laughs> thanks to her help. Uh, we had her a couple of weeks ago. She talked about uh, uh, photography. And then uh, last week, we had Sadie Troja, who uh, owns Foam Coffee Shop in Gulf Shores. We don't have a guest this week. We're just gonna we're just gonna talk about April's journey through photography because uh, you you have done a lot of the things that a lot of photographers aspire to do in the what like close to twenty years or fifteen yeah, 15, fifteen to twenty years. years of being a photographer and um, so that's what we're gonna talk about this week is your journey and how. Well, your your goals have changed over the years, and uh, all the different phases of your photography career. So, uh, I guess we'll go back. You kind of started like most other photographers. We were joking before we started recording about. Did you say you had a sheet, or what was it that you had in your studio at one time? <laughs> yeah, I, at first I feel like you made me sound so old when you said like almost twenty years, but. I guess I am getting old, but you're still, you're I was still only 20 lot, when I started. You're still a whole lot younger than I am. <laughs> um, yeah, back then I did anything and everything. That's what we were joking about is I had like bunny rabbits and sheep and things like that for certain holidays in my little studio. Basically, it was just about whoever was going to pay me money. <laughs> I was gonna... Right. And that's and that's where a lot of photographers that's how a lot of photographers do start out. Yeah. Uh, I, I even started that way before shore shooters became what it was. I was I would do pictures of vacation rental houses and then go do headshots of real estate agents and then go out and do beach pictures at sunset. And we all kind of start that way. Yeah, and I I started being a photographer before it was like what it is now. It was nothing okay. like what it is now. It was like there was no Instagram. Um, Facebook was not used the way that it is now either. I, I mean, I wasn't even on Facebook. So this was like just before it was a popular thing to do. Um, so I was still having a hard time believing that anyone would pay me money to do this. And it all kind of just happened to me. I didn't pursue it. Like someone offered to pay me money to take pictures of them long before I thought I could actually charge someone money. Yeah. So that was kind of a good thing. I feel like that was a God thing. Like I wouldn't see that coming. I wouldn't have planned for that because in my life at that time, I was doing anything else but that. Like I was, I I was telling you over lunch today that I was in the medical field for a little while. You were. Yeah. yeah. Before that I, I worked all through high school and college in the little, the only grocery store that my town had it was like a specialty store with a fancy restaurant next door and a little meat market. And I worked in there. Like, people don't believe me. And I'm like, yeah, I processed deer meat for years. Like, that's what I did. I was the, <laughs> I worked in a cooler. It was hard work. April and I both come from uh, sort of, uh, I guess you'd say country backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, let's go back to when you first started getting into photography. I remember you telling me your yearbook story. Oh, yeah. And I haven't thought about that in a long time. But, you know, when I I was in middle school, I was on the yearbook staff, which was like the most fun class that I had those three years. And um, I actually, we were the first all color yearbook. Oh, wow. um, For our school. Yeah. So we still had majority of it was still 
like black it was black and white, and, white yeah. and then we had used to you to get like a color sheet or spread. I'm so old that when when I was in school, they hadn't even invented color. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not that old. <laughs> but we were okay. So I do remember that you were all on like assignments, and I never got the photo assignment ones. So I, I went to my um, teacher at some point because that was the part I wanted to do. That was the fun yeah. part. She's like, April, you crop off people's heads. <laughs> You're like people, you know, things like I would be in charge of a football game and apparently I blew it. Like my photos didn't turn out the way that she wanted them to be. Yeah. But it was fun and it was like the way that I saw them. And now I know, you know, now that's considered cool well, to like do that. But yeah. back then it was like, no, stick to the. They didn't get your, they didn't get your artistic vision. No, they definitely did not. But it actually discouraged me a little, like, trust me, I had never thought about being a photographer. Look, that was not even a career option for anyone. That was like, unless you were famous and you lived in New York or LA and you like photograph models or work for a magazine, you were not, photographer was like not a career path. If anything, it was a hobby, but it wasn't something that I ever even considered like myself to be good at. But I was always fascinated by it, like drawn yeah. to it. My walls in high school were covered in images and magazine covers that, you know, surf magazine, like, you know, album covers, you know, all of that stuff was like a big deal to me. But I didn't realize being drawn to that was something that was like yeah. important to me, yeah. like something that I would be trying to mess around with and create in the future. So, but my obsession with it is the reason that people started trying to pay me. So once I had my daughter, which I was married very young had started a family really young. I have my daughter bringing, I just have one daughter. Um, when she was a baby, I was obsessed with taking pictures with her. I feel like that's kind of everyone's story. But when I would take those into like people that I worked with and stuff, that's where it started. People would be like, Oh, can you take pictures of my family? And I literally had a, it was a digital camera, but it was like almost a point and shoot. Right. Yeah. The old, the old digital cameras before digital cameras really got to the professional level. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if you could change the lens on this thing. I mean, it was like a point and shoot. Yeah. Um, so I remember, you know, taking that as kind of a sign to like try a little bit and like constructing pricing was foreign language to me. I think the first wedding I ever shot, I charged $300 for it. That, that was, that was kind of the questionable part for me when I first got into it is how much, what do I charge? Oh yeah. Everyone feels like that. Now there's like a, a, a lot of leaders in the industry that you can, they'll help you. You can kind of base, you know, construct your pricing sure. off based what your competition yeah. is doing, that kind of thing. But back then there was no one to look, look to. I didn't so, know. Anyone. So it really just started out. You're showing people pictures that you've taken of Brianna and they're going, well, take pictures of my family. So yeah, like I was saying there, there wasn't a lot of people doing that, but the people who were doing it, I will say, were like middle-aged men. That's that's the thing, and I think we I think we I don't know if we touched on this on another episode or if it was just me and you talking, but it's it's crazy in the twenty years that I've been in this business that photography has shifted from a predominantly male career to now there are more female photographers than there are males. Definitely. And it was not like that when I was, especially the area, I'll say maybe the geographical location had something to do with it, but my little town just north of the beach, you yeah. know, there, it was, I was like really, I felt out of my league at yeah. times. Um, especially when they would start talking. Yeah. I was invited to things, you know, so back then there was like the PPA and all of these sure. organizations yeah. that were all not trying to be like, talk about the sexes here, but it was, just a bunch of middle-aged to older men in a room together 
talking language that I didn't understand, you know, and, and it did make me feel like a slight bit intimidated. But if you know me at all, my personality type is even at 20 years old, if I'm intimidated, I'm going to like push past that yes. and just be like, oh, I don't care that I don't know exactly what aperture is or I don't exactly know all of these terms that they're speaking about because something in me was like, I still have something on them. Like I still felt like I still had like an eye, maybe not an eye, that sounds kind of corny, but like I definitely still had an ability to make something that I knew people wanted. And I, I know exactly what you mean about the intimidation because, again, you know, not trying to criticize any older photographers who may be listening, but a lot of the people who were in the game back in those days, they did like to kind of, they sort of use their knowledge as an intimidation sort of factor. Yeah, exactly. It was like they knew all the technical things and I didn't. And I was like, but you know, that And they wasn't... like to throw out that technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Newbies like us at the time. Exactly. So I'd be in rooms full of them and somehow I'd still push past. But it also at the same time, I was still feeling like I just kind of had to take any job. And that lasted for years. Off and on, off and on. I'd go back and, you know, work oddmend like regular people jobs to make sure that I could pay bills through that process. I went through a divorce. That was like a scary time in life where it's like now you're a single income. I, I, I don't like to say single mom because I wasn't a single mom, but you know what I mean? I sure when Brianna was with me, I was responsible for her and, yeah. and when she was with her father. So I'll say that like I had that kind of going on in my brain and I was like, you know, I'm going to have to have a regular job and through all of that, like through being in management for a big resort and stuff, I would be like, something in me would be like, don't forget you're a photographer. Don't forget you can charge for that. Yeah. Don't, you know, but it, there was nothing like to, to, I'm like beating a dead horse here, but there was no one doing what I was wanting to do that like inspired me to say, oh, you can make this full time destination weddings. Forget about it. That was nothing. Like no one was talking about that. Um, we're talking like 2005 right, okay, or right, six exactly. maybe. And so like that, I just thought I have to go after like local people who want portraits of their kids on Easter and Christmas. Like how am I going to make a living like that in such a small town? But something in me was like saying that I should do it. So just to fast forward a little bit, as soon as I took a leap again, which was to leave the regular nine to five, which was more like eight to seven. Sometimes. <laughs> um, when I finally decided to leave that, finally I was like, really having a hard time. I opened a studio again, which is so silly, but like back then I thought if you had a physical presence, it made you legit. Yes. So you're like paying money to sit somewhere and hope that you get a job. Hope that somebody walks through the door. Yes. And the saddest thing is I would sit there for so many hours, like thinking someone was coming to pay a deposit or whatever. And that's the summer that a friend of mine sent me that Craigslist ad, um, which I didn't know what Craigslist was. And let's be honest, I barely knew how to use the internet. But he sent me an email and was like, hey, I know that you're talking about moving to the beach and there's a guy down there who's looking for somebody to take extra work. And, and that, that was, was you. That was me. That, that was me that uh, advertised on Craigslist all the time. And thank God for your friend. So that was 2010. Yes, it was. So that's like from the time I had, I had my daughter in 2001, uh, three, she's going to be like, thanks, mom. <laughs> my daughter in 2003 and she then she might she might like that because <laughs> makes add a couple years more years to her yeah <laughs> yeah she might want to be a couple of years yeah older. I I, I, when I was a teenager I wanted to be a couple <laughs> years older so yeah from 2003 to 2010 was basically just a big struggle but I was learning a lot about like oh I wish I could just be 
this certain brand where, you know, people would only book me for this style. I think that's a big thing with all photographers where they just want people to desire their style and not have to take jobs that they're not crazy about. And so those, those thoughts were already in my brain even back then. Yeah. Um, but it was still pretty impossible to say no anything. But working for Shore Shooters that first summer, that really was like, I had no idea, of course, what was to come in the future. And as we're releasing this website right now, I'm telling that story, like spilling the beans on how that all occurred even in more detail. I, I had no idea that I was able to earn a living with my camera, whether it was my brand or not. That was like a big eye opener for me and such a game changer to my finances. And it was fun. You know, I'm like going to the beach every night. Like how cool is that? That's whenever I was like, everybody's got to have this just because, and if it hadn't been for my story and my own struggles, like, you know, going through a divorce, being the single income, you know, everything that I went through before I met you had I not had that story and some hard jobs that I worked like not to, you know, feel sorry for myself, but some of those jobs were pretty hard, pretty taxing. Oh, yeah. Had I not had all of that experience, I don't know that I would be the same. Like, my enthusiasm might not be the same as it was for when I got a hold of Shore Shooters and you started rapidly growing. That yeah. same year, it was just yeah. all snowballing. I was like, every photographer needs this option in their life. Yeah. That's when I started really wanting to help you with the community. And obviously, if they listen to, if you guys listen to other podcasts, you'll know that Ron and I talk a lot about our, our shore shooter story, which is how we grew. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think, um, I think that's like now shooting for you in 2010, there was still a lot that happened. You know, I was still like personally building a brand. You were, which is how I was able to, to travel a lot. And, um, you, and and I will say, and that's kind of where we want to go in all of this is, um, you, you have had a lot of opportunities to travel mm-hmm. throughout the years um, through your own photography. And, uh, um, of course, we do a lot of traveling now for shore shooters and mountain escape. But you've, you've experienced some pretty cool places yeah. on your own. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. A lot of it was just like big time God's hand in my life. Like, I won't take any credit for it, but. Yeah, just like right place, right time, and those things lining up. So now, so now I know a lot of photographers. That's their dream. Mm-hmm. I want to be a travel photographer, and um, even though that's not your thing now, you have done a lot of that. So, um, what would be your what would what would you suggest for somebody who wants to go in that direction? Well, first of all, if you have the financial. Um, you know, if you're able to financially, you need to go. So that's what I I kept saying to myself. If I want to go somewhere, I've got to just go there. Like, you know, you're not always going to get paid first. You've got to. That's (laughs) that's true. Cause I think, I think most of the, most of the big travel photographers, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the people who are known for jet setting all over the world, doing weddings in exotic places. Now they probably, you know, they, they didn't just start out getting yeah. to go to all those places. They probably they probably spent their own money going to these places in the beginning and doing unpaid shoots. Yeah, I mean, I still get a, a lot of younger photographers will reach out to me individually and ask me, like, you know, especially for friends, and they're comfortable enough to say, like, how much should I charge for this? Just because I've had a lot of experience with it. I'm like, how bad do you want to do the job? 
Yeah. Like I know we all want to have, we all want to have that like set pricing and make it fair. But sometimes it really boils down to that. Like how bad do you want to do this job? Like, would you go to this location on a vacation anyway? And it all be on your own dime. Like you really got to consider, um, you know, eating some costs on some stuff every once in a while, book other jobs while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I know, I know that you have done a lot of, a lot of the travel photography that you've done weddings in other places, because even though you've been part of shore shooters for 10 years now, like you said, you know, you were still kind of doing your own brand as well back before you became a partner and before we started Mountain Escape. So you, you talk to me about a lot of that stuff. And I know that, I know that we've had a lot of talks over the years of like, you know, I want to do this wedding in this location and I'm not going to really make any money off of it. I'm just going to recover my costs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of what you have to do. If you're, if you're going to establish yourself as that kind of photographer, you've got to, before people are going to take you seriously as a travel photographer, you have to have a portfolio of mm -hmm. a travel photographer. And not and, only a portfolio, you have to have experience. Yeah. Listen, I have gotten off a plane in China, walked to a hotel, about to fall asleep, can't even get my bearings about me from all this travel, and had an hour before I was supposed to meet a family and be, like, on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you think that's easy. You think that's a dream, but it is not. Like, no. it is not for everyone. There's so many things that can occur. I've had an ulcer and stomach irritation in Mexico the wow. day I was supposed to shoot a wedding. Wow. I'm literally like trying to tough it through so that the bride doesn't know. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, really bad situation there. And so like, don't, you know, it is glamorized to, to travel for jobs, but like, it's also not easy. So there comes a point where, you know, I, I really wanted to travel. So I made it, I made it a mission. I would like network with people in the area. Definitely find like a, some kind of stylist or wedding coordinator that fits your style and maybe reach out to them. There's many ways to go about it. Find a couple who goes to the coffee shop that you're going to go to. Like that's my probably biggest secret to give away since <laughs> is like find the coffee shop or whatever cool place that you plan to be at. Look at the tagged photos. Who's tagging themselves there. You're going to find a cutie little couple or someone reach out to them. Chances are they're going to want some free pictures. So that that's my big secret for everyone to like, take away from it. That's what I would do when I was traveling to certain places. I would find couples that way or whatever, whatever thing I was trying to do. But I made such a, it was like a big dream of mine. And then all of a sudden, I don't remember what year it was, but all of a sudden it was nonstop. There was times where I was gone more than I was home. I oh, mean, I remember that. Really crazy times. And I wasn't just flying like from here to there. I would maybe go to a different city. Like I remember being in Houston, shooting a wedding, then going to Utah and shooting a job. And then going back to Houston to shoot another wedding before I went to China. Yeah. And then came back and like that. I mean, it sounds like, oh, what a bad problem. It actually, it was too much. It, yeah. I started to get burned out. Oh, I remember you, you've told me before you're, you said, I just want to go home and see my husband and my daughter. Yeah. My, you know, I'm like, I want to go, dogs. I want to go see my dogs. <laughs> yeah. Which the dogs are being really bad during this episode. They're, sorry about that. They're That's okay. Around. But I will say, you know, you get to choose and that is the, most fun thing about being a photographer, whenever I started knowing it was time to scale back, I started reprioritizing what it was that I wanted, what was making me happy. And I felt like at this point in my life and in my age, I was like, I've had a great career and it was really fun. And I kind of joke sometimes that I'm retired, 
Like I'm, I'm not shooting weddings anymore by choice. I don't that you couldn't pay me enough money to go to your wedding right now. And just because it's just, I'm done with that part. And then we have these incredible businesses that I'm investing into and really taking so much pride in seeing other photographers have their turn and their like time to pursue whatever it is that makes them excited. And that can be for so many people, you know, different things. It can be brand work, like, you know, it can be whatever. So, um, but that's why I like to stay connected with, Shore Shooters Mountain Escape, like what we're doing with those businesses, it's like equipping people, equipping photographers in so many ways to have that same life that I did if they wanted it. Because with all this being said about how I was able to land these jobs, I also would not have had the financial backing to go to take a loss. Okay. Like say I, I, you know, I had a Scotland wedding. Yes. And that kind of happened. Long story short, the bride was getting married in, in our town. During her planning process, it became overwhelming, and they decided to elope to Scotland. Yeah. When they mentioned it, they were like, "What? I know I can't get a refund on my deposit because that's policy. What can I do with this? And we're like, oh, well, just apply it. Like, you pay your balance, yeah. and we'll go. So doing the math on that, did I make any money? No, you didn't. No. But... I have an experience of a lifetime. It was incredible. I did get paid to be there. It was, you know, it's my favorite place on earth. So I like have that, you know, check, check on the bucket list. But if I hadn't been doing shore shooters for years, and if I didn't know that I was going to be doing shore shooters next summer, that might not have worked out for me because I wouldn't have been able to just like, and there's so many stories just like that. All are all the places that I've been. I'm like, yeah, I've got a little money in my savings account because, you know, I did shore shooters all summer. And I had that to rely. So so yeah, you you can go to another country and shoot a wedding and not make any money off of it because you've got the money coming in from shore shoot. I know. I feel really bad because I see photographers will like come to me when I was trying to say that earlier, like how should I price this? And they have in their head that they just have to charge all this money. And you're, you are worth that for sure. You are. I'm not saying that you're not, but so are, so are some other people. <laughs> I mean, we're, right. we're, this is a time where there's, we're not, let's face it. There's a lot of good photographers. There's a lot of photographers out there. Yeah, so you you have to be willing to be like, oh, I really want to do this. And Shore Shooters has been that blessing in a way that, or Mountain Escape, I don't want to leave Mountain Escape out, where there's opportunities to fill in the gaps in your own schedule. And that's what these businesses yeah. are about. And so, so backing up a little bit, mm-hmm. let's go back to what you were talking about at the beginning of how you were taking any kind of job that would yeah. pay you money. And... We've all we all did that at the beginning of our photography career. I think probably ninety five percent of people who are photographers now were in that position in the beginning. I'll shoot whatever needs to be shot as long as you're paying me. So, how do you figure out how to narrow it down? How do you figure out your your niche? Well, luckily, I think most creatives are pretty intuitive with that or they're like they know what they really want at the end of the day you know what like or randomly you'll get a job that was like so much fun and you're you kind of like leave the job on a high you're like that's it I want to do that every time um and that's when the hard stuff you know you've got to start realizing it's like saying no to a lot of jobs you're gonna have to turn you're gonna have to turn down a lot of work you have to turn it down or you have to take it and not advertise for it you know just be happy that you got paid and not put it out there that you do that you know um 
Yeah, I think it's it will happen. And I think I think really, you know, from me as the business person here, I think the best advice is don't quit your day job until you figure out which area you're going to go in. If you yeah. have a if you have a regular job, while you still have that regular job, figure out where you want to go with your photography. So that way it doesn't sting quite as much. Or you know, if you if live. You, if, you say, if you say, I don't want to do family portrait sessions anymore, if you've got a regular job, it's not going to sting quite as much when you're turning down those family portrait sessions. Or if you're lucky enough to live in a market that short shooters is. Uh, it, come, to work, come to work for us. Come to work with us. I mean, that's not year-round for sure, but it's definitely a big bulk of an income that can help you make it through. Yeah. That can definitely help you help you get from, you know, job to job if Make yourself available um, during our season as much as possible. That way, when it comes to you doing your own thing, like in the off season, sure, and things like that, sure. you've got a little help. Because I, I know some of my friends who have come to work for short shooters, which let's face it, for a while, it was like a lot of my friends coming on board, my photographer friends, they were leaving their day job because like one or two short shooter shoots was like paying the same as right, exactly. their day job. So yeah, I, I'd definitely say like try, I mean, cause then you're, you're earning a living with your camera. There's nothing better than that. Then it's like, you're getting experience. You're gaining a lot of knowledge and literally time under your belt of being a photographer. When yeah. You're out and, there doing and the thing is working for shore shooters and mountain escape. I know we always talk about filling the gaps in your schedule, but there's really a whole lot more to it than that. Oh, for it's, sure. It's, it's a network of, creatives and the people that you get to know through shore shooters can help to point you in the direction for where you want to go with your own business right and, and it's a lot or, better than working at the mall because um <laughs> you might say i only want to be i only want to be a maternity photographer well there's other people you know there's other expert maternity photographers who are shooting for us yeah yeah, and it is a good thing you to do. Can get to, you can get to know that person, and they can give you advice and sort of help point you in the right direction and get you going in that direction. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably the best advice is just prepare. Prepare for it. It doesn't all happen overnight. We're, like, living in a time where it's easily to, you know, it's easy to get frustrated because you want everything to be right now. You kind of want to, like, fast forward. And you, you just sometimes you just got to do your time. Yeah. So if you're really young, and hey, there are young people doing it. Like I was telling you earlier today, my daughter is in high school and she's got friends who are like, they're technically experienced at this point because they've been planning and they want to be photographers and they're, yeah. they're, they've they're got the equipment and they're out there shooting and they're, they're gaining knowledge at such a young age. It's like amazing to me. Yeah. All right. Um, so any other, any other advice that we want to give for photographers who are starting out? I would say plan, like make a realistic plan for yourself, educate yourself. Don't worry about being like everyone else in a sense. I know that's like a common thing that you always hear is like, be yourself and stand out. But truly like try to get away from the social media like trends and try to get into your own brain and think about what do I want to photograph? What looks fun? Like try to find your creative uniqueness, I guess, because... We really are living in a time where there's a lot of it. There's just a lot of photographers, a there lot are. of photography, a lot of the same, you know, a lot of like, there's just so much trending and that's fun to be a part of, 
but try to figure out what you're doing. Like, what's your goal? How do you want to earn a living? What makes you happy at the end of the day? Like, do you, do you get excited when you go to a wedding? You're in the fast pace. Some people really are cut out for that. Just like they're just going with it all day. It can be an eight, 10 hour day. They do not care. They love it. They love the love story. They love the ceremonial, like, and that's, that's great. Thank God there's those people too. But like, if that's not what makes you happy, if that's exhausting to you, like it had become to me at some point, don't, don't try to earn a living that way. There's plenty of other ways. I want to back up one more thing. Oh, when yeah. We were talking about the, the traveling yeah. and all of the, now a lot of the places that you traveled, you didn't necessarily have a paid job there so how did you go about finding because because you would come back with pictures how would you go about oh yeah like in the in the um states let's see well i think that probably goes to that time where i was like or that part i was talking about like looking at the the coffee shops you know yeah yeah because I'm, i'm a big planner when it comes to travel basically the plan is to drink the best coffee and to eat the best food and stay in the cutest Airbnb, <laughs> like the whole time. That's really what the trip is about for me. If you if you heard our uh, previous interview with Sadie of Foam, I was talking about April. Just April can just always sniff out the cool coffee shops. I'm like, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to drink coffee in a really great place, and I'll sit there like all day, you know, watching out the window of people commuting, and just I like to really get to know places when I'm there. So. If I have a place on my on my heart or my brain that I want to go to years ago before Utah was like the coolest place on earth and everybody knows about it, I knew that I wanted to go to Utah. I was like, all right, come on. This place has so many national parks and like desert and snow and mountains and it's just incredible state. This was years and years ago. So I, I, I reached out to a stylist who is still my friend today. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, she's not going to write me back. This girl's like styled stuff for magazines and, you know, she's been featuring all these cool blogs. But she and I just connected and she's like, yeah, she saw my uniqueness is what she said. I remember feeling so flattered because she was living in a state full of like well-known, really great yeah. photographers. And she's like, hey, you stand out to me because it was like a little different than yeah. than." So she wanted me to shoot some stuff and she planned it all. I mean, like how lucky was I that I'm like, hi, I really want to come to Utah for some reason. And I just want to be there on vacation. She planned like three style shoots. Wow. Like for me in, in that weekend. Well, I think that, and I think that's another, another one of the keys in establishing your own brand is you've got to, you've got to find some, some people who fit into your style. Exactly. And ask them to sort of work with you. Yeah. On, and don't be project. offended if they don't, if it, so I, I, she definitely said yes, because I had a decent body of work. Like I'd put yeah. an effort into to making my Instagram reflect my style. So she could see that. So she said yes. Right. So you have to do that. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know you have to do that. Yeah, and don't and don't get frustrated if you have to ask several people before you get a yes. Right, right. And you just kind of do do that research, find the people that are number one. I'd say when you're looking for models, is you look at the places. If you like a place, if you're if you like a coffee shop or even a bar or restaurant, chances are the people that you want to photograph do as well. So just see if they're tagging themselves there. That's pretty much how you'll how you'll find people, or at least that's worked for me in the past. I've yeah. been like kind of, you and know. Be, and be prepared to invest in your business, which yeah. goes back to be prepared to shoot some stuff that you're not going to make any money off of. All right, but, or definitely. Like you're not going to ask someone to be your model and then charge the money. Like right. you can't do that. So, um, yeah, just kind of put in your mind, like I would go in there anyway. 
Yeah. I might as well get the shoe because chances are you will come back. And that is the case for me. So most places that I took a, a risk on and went and shot, I've been back there with a paid job since then. Just about everywhere. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and, and you probably wouldn't have got those paid jobs if yeah. you hadn't done the free job yeah, definitely to add not. to your portfolio. And here's the best part. Once you start getting some experience and to go places, because you you can't, it's really hard to like be prepared on your feet. Some of my creative types know, I won't say names. They do not like to be thrown into a place they've never shot before. So it really does help as like field work to go and scout out. Like, you know where the sun's going to rise and set and you're going to know. So I did have like, oh, I felt like I'd made it in my career whenever I had a girl from our town also planning a wedding or in the very beginning stages of planning a wedding, come to me one night kind of jokingly and go, I want to do something cool like all these other things you've shot before. I think I want to go, tell me where to get married. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? You're Okay, let's talk. So we were we literally set up a I date remember, at I the remember, brewery. I remember how excited you were about that, that she just let you pick she, where she was going to get not married. Not only did she let me pick, let me tell you guys, this is like an awesome story. She... She was going to get married in, like, near Gulf Shores, like in Foley or something like yeah. that. She, she, when she joked about that, I'm like, I'm going to, I went into mad do my homework mode. I'm like, if this girl's serious, I'm about to lay out some options for her. I brought my laptop. We went and grabbed beers. We're sitting around at the brewery, and I laid out three. She's kind of a cowgirl type. I laid out three mountain towns and benefits, you know, Colorado, Wyoming. I don't remember the other place I laid out. Who cares? Because she picked Jackson Hole. Yeah. And she chose it because her family ended up wanting to go on vacation there. And it wasn't. So let me just say that this girl was so cool and like she trusted me so much. that I was like, if you really want your wedding to come together and you don't want to worry about how to get your permits and all and like make it feel like a real wedding. Sometimes when you elope, the big question is like, is this going to feel like a wedding? Or are we just going to walk out into a field and get married? Yeah. So a girl that I had been networking with from... Boise, we had been dreaming of doing a styled shoot. I was like, reach out to her. And she did. And so instead of doing a styled shoot with a girl, we did an actual job together. She left Boise and came to Jackson Hole. And that, you know, we just had a dream wedding, basically. It was That's just amazing. That's great. That's great. And let's go back to another one of the back to the free shoots again. Another one of the benefits, of course, every photographer knows that Instagram is a great source of advertising for photographers and I would say I know that I know that this has happened with you before like for example we sort of took a group trip to Colorado a few years ago and I think you had people contact you through Instagram just because you were using hashtags for photographers in that area you've also said that you get inquiries through your personal Instagram about the Smoky Mountains mm -hmm. because you've used the hashtag. So that's sort of another benefit of doing those free shoots is that that uh, that content can come up in the searches for those hashtags. Yeah, it can. I mean, it, I mean, it's always a risk. You can do that and it not come up, but that's not been my experience. Yeah, yeah. my experience is that, yeah, I usually get found like that. Yeah. Like anytime I visited an area, like a month later, three weeks later, I'll get an inquiry. Yeah. For it. And I'll, you know, and then it's like, oh, do you really want to go back or. Yeah. But you get to decide. 
you know, you can decide if you want to go do it or if you just want to, like, not, you know, yeah. it, maybe it wasn't a place that you loved and you don't want to go back for the expense or whatever, but yeah. it can so definitely work. Yeah. So understand we're not saying work for free all the time. <laughs> invest, invest in your future. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, very good advice. Thank you for uh, speaking to us from a an experienced photographer's point of view. And uh, join us again next week as we will have another episode of the Might Sound Wild podcast. Make sure that you uh, like us, follow us, comment, give us a rating, and all of that other stuff. And we'll talk to you again in about a week for uh, another episode.